You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the podcast where we deeply dive into the shows that we see. This week, we are turning our spotlight towards the delightful revival of the Broadway musical Spamalot. Do you want to know our thoughts on this comedic revival? Then join us for the next 30 minutes. I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. And I'm Jeff, a music industry producer and manager. Let's set the stage for Spamalot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Half hour. Welcome to today's show, everyone. Before we dive in, we want to remind our listeners that there will be spoilers in our discussion about the show in this episode. So if you still want to experience it first, that's okay. Go check it out and then come back and listen to this episode. You have been warned. Without further ado, today we're here to discuss the hilarious and whimsical revival of Spamalot on Broadway. This show is a musical comedy lovingly ripped off of the 1975 film Monty Python and the Holy Grail. With book and lyrics by Eric Idle, music by John Dupre's and Idle, Spamalot is a farcical take on the Arthurian legend filled with absurd humor, catchy tunes, and a whole lot of fun. If you're looking for a laugh-out-loud experience that pushes the boundaries of traditional musical theater, this is the show for you. Spamalot is back on Broadway at the St. James Theater. It's ready to take you on a joyride through the Middle Ages like no other. Just a little bit of history on Spamalot. Spamalot was originally on Broadway, I believe it was 2006, at the Schubert Theater. Uh, won a ton of Tony Awards. I believe it won the Tony Award for Best Musical. Um, and I guess this makes me sound a little old because uh, this, I think, might be the first show ever where I've seen the original Broadway cast and now I'm seeing the original revival cast. I've seen a lot of shows with replacement cast and revival after revival. Although I will say... The original, it's not like the original of this was like in the 1960s or something. This is like only that a few years ago, so it wasn't too long ago. But it is a short time frame between original and first revival. And I always say, I think that shows a successful show. I remember like Dolly and in my musical theater history studies, I remember things like Fiddler on the Roof and Dolly and Cabaret, Gypsy for sure, having instant revivals pretty soon. Soon after the original, it would be like five or six or seven years later, another revival came. So that's definitely mm-hmm. happened before in musical theater history. So it's not uncommon for something to come back in this short period of time. I just think it's kind of cool that I got to see the original cast and then this. So that's just a little tidbit on the show. Also, this revival is directed and choreographed by Josh Rhodes. So diving in, should we start with overall thoughts? I can kind of go first. I feel like since I saw the original on this, I'd love to kind of start us off. I would love for that to happen. <laughs> I will say overall, I do, 
I have only seen bits and pieces of this film, the 7, 1975 film. I haven't seen the whole film. I would say some of the Monty Python humor is really funny. It's not all 100% my cup of tea, but I do really appreciate this musical and I laugh the whole time. This mm-hmm. revival is not quite different from the original. There's a lot of similarities other than some of the comedy is freshened up for a modern day where we have some lines like Leslie says, oh, um, body brought to you by Ozempic, right? Or there's like um, the grinder sound effects going off in like the gay scene with like the, 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 the nights and whatever. So like there's definitely more modern things I think happening Um in bringing in those pop culture, the pop elements, culture, they, yeah. they keep the Britney Spears line, but they add like the Leah Michelle line into like they definitely modernize some of it, uh, with some of the comedy takes. Uh, but overall, this is very similar to the original, the comedy stays true. I saw Tim Curry yeah. is King Arthur, who is just oh my gosh, legend, and then to see James Monroe Hart, just a different take on it, right? I saw Sato Ramirez, who won a Tony Award, who I thought was brilliant in the role and then i saw leslie kritzer now in this who is also really funny in her own way and made it her own so overall i did enjoy this i laughed a ton and very similar to the original but it did have its own modern spark and flair to it and i liked it overall. i i would say i liked it for the most part i think that let's see i feel like what i'm starting to realize in kind of like the farce kind of comedy is sometimes it's like a little immature but no like not like in a not saying that comedy is all supposed to be mature but like the style of it so some of the things where i think i don't know and maybe this is going to touch a little bit on when you first saw the show versus now i think it's like it's good family comedy but like it doesn't really have that um smart humor it's like like the farting and things like that for me i feel like that falls a little flat for me or eventually it just like goes on too long and i'm only bringing this up now because when we saw the cottage this summer and we're watching this kind of far style comedy and it's like fart joke after fart joke after fart joke i'm like why do we find that so funny yeah yeah you know but then there's some smart comedy like i feel like the song that goes like this in spam a lot that's a really well-written song about like a typical ballad in musical theater, right? Or like, you know, taking, um, I think, uh, comedy moments that stand out to me, like Finland, the whole thing yeah. where we're in, he says, the historian says in England, and then they thought he said Finland and they do a whole five minute production number on Finland until he comes out and says, no, I said England. Like silly, yeah. simple, simple stuff like that. I find so funny. Or when they're doing the, um, you won't succeed on Broadway if you don't have any Jews. And they're like doing the, the the bottle dance from Fiddler on the Roof, you know? And then all of a sudden someone wheels out a barrel of hay and they're like, hey, <laughs> I just think that's like yeah. so awesome. Like stuff right. like that is I, great, you know? And that I think I do, I do find funny. And I guess parts of this for me were a little bit of like, was our audience not laughing as much as I thought they were going to be? Or were just like, were they not getting all of the comedy fully? Like, I really enjoyed this, and I was laughing and had a good time, but I do think that it it was falling a little short at times. And i just curious for you, seeing this, was it, like, roar laughing when you first saw it, or was it kind of in the same space where what we were seeing? Well, it's interesting, because I think when you release a comedy and it's cutting edge for its time, you have to make sure yeah. that 10, 15, 20 years later, it's the same. I actually worry, as much as something like The Producers was so 
groundbreaking for its time and so fun. You know, I think if that was a movie from the 60s, 70s, and then it was on Broadway 30, 40 years later and still worked, you would think that it would work in a revival. I don't know. Yeah. With Spam a lot, I think, you know, if you know the show already, like, okay, um, you won't succeed on Broadway if you don't have any juice. That was a big comedy moment in 2006, right? Um, yeah. This, um, when she, when uh, Sara Ramirez came out, in the original, and they say, whatever happened to my part? I've been backstage for the whole second act. Like, that was so funny, right? Like, because you haven't seen her in a while. But everyone knows that's coming now. And yeah. so now you're like, oh, and now we have the moment where she forget, we forgot about her. Like, But if you didn't see the show originally, you'd be like, oh, my God, that was so funny. So it's just some yeah. things I think totally stuck. And something, you know, there was an interview somewhere and um, someone asked the um, the producers of this revival, like, why is this? Because it was at Kennedy Center last year, right? It was revived to Kennedy Center. And they said, well, we're in a post-COVID world where we really need to laugh. And I think we need to start. Yeah. We, we realize there's these heavy shows on Broadway right now that are dark and really moving and groundbreaking. We need a, I don't need to think. I can just turn off my brain and kind of sit here and laugh for two hours. And I think that's where they're getting a pocket of tourists, a pocket of comedy that works and so, yes, I understand what you're saying. Some of the jokes really work. And then some are like, okay, like we've seen this already, yeah. you know, I get that. Right. And obviously this is a show that people know and love and they love Monty Python. And you could see, cause we're in the theater and it's packed and like people know what they like. Mm -hmm. So it, of, of course, you know, but, and also this kind of touches a little bit and maybe we're going to go later into the whole revival conversation at towards the end of this podcast, but. It does make sense for what we've been talking about in this post-COVID world of how long does a show last and how long does it come until it comes back. So when we're starting to see shows now from the 2000s that are coming back, you're kind of looking at it and you're like, oh, OK, what's next? Because there's so many things in that pocket of space, like how we've had Fiddler on how many times are we each i've seen a revival with you i saw a revival when i was in high school cabaret cabaret's coming back we saw cabaret at, how many years ago yeah. like 10 mm -hmm. it was it was like on broadway so you know when you see these shows that are just coming back are we gonna start seeing newer shows do the same thing? yeah it'll be interesting we'll, so, we'll definitely talk about that yeah for sure right which kind of leads into like this whole creative design here because i did i don't have anything to compare it to for seeing the first one but this was very like projection heavy one units that I know it came from Kennedy Center. It's, the, it's giving us a little bit of like that encore vibe. We'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Welcome back. What did you feel like really stood out for you in this versus the original? Well, starting with the original. Okay, so when you're talking about just the direction and choreography on this as a whole, it seemed very two-dimensional everything was like yeah. lit like there was a glass wall of a fourth wall for us and everything was played very linear and i don't know if that was done yeah. on purpose or not but the set and the projection it was like there's a whole half of a stage behind that castle because that castle hit mid-stage line so i'm like there's so much more depth i wasn't seeing a lot of diagonals i wasn't seeing a lot of depth dimension I wasn't seeing forced perspectives. I was seeing very like, and I think that plays to like, we're at a TV studio putting on the Monty Python. Like, I think they tried to play into that. But when you're talking about the St. James Theater on Broadway, you're not talking about City Center Encores. You're not talking about a one weekend Kennedy Center run. You're talking about a a, a huge, huge show. So to me, I think what fell flat is where are the producers telling a scenic designer, okay, this worked at Kennedy Center, now elevate it. Because we're not just going to rely on a projection, projection. It was so heavy on projection, which sometimes it Mm -hmm. worked. And sometimes it was like, okay, like, can this castle open up and lift up and show us a huge stage or something like at the end of a play? Or I don't know. I just thought that that kind of fell flat. So to me, I wasn't a big fan of the scenic design. Um, But I will say what to two things about the design overall that I really appreciated. Love the costumes. Really thought they were there was a ton of costume changes for everyone. I love that they elevated the costume, the ensemble, the Las Vegas yeah. number, all those showgirl costumes. Love that. I will also say keeping a it is, I think it's an almost, I think 17 or 18 piece orchestra. So thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping large orchestration on Broadway. I mean, we go to see Harmony in this brand new musical that's and it's like a seven-piece orchestra. And I'm like, what is going on? And so I see this yeah. like revival, this, and the music is splashy, right? The music is big, fun, loud musical theater. And I think at one point Leslie says, and let's give it up for the Spamalot Orchestra and 17-piece orchestra. Like, thank you, thank you. Like it sounded yeah. so good. The sound design was great. And the orchestrations, they kept all that. So costumes and the focal point of the music was the highlight for me in terms of- Yeah, for me too. I'm kind of looking at the design here and the direction of this. And I feel like they were so close to having something really cool and unique. And I don't even know if this was in intention or not, but I felt like they were going for a, a video game look. Yes. With this. And I feel like where it missed the mark was it didn't go deeper because when we're coming in and we're seeing the act curtain and it's moving and the characters are moving kind of like Wreck-It Ralph, if people know it, it was giving a lot of that. And what 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 are those characters doing in the game of Spamalot? And then, like, we're actually watching that happen but then- when you go into the game. And I just feel like it didn't happen. Like... Go there with that. If we're going to make the, the the design a character of the show as well, make it a character. Like like when the historian keeps coming out, why couldn't a, a curtain come in and you saw them marching down the street? Now we're in the castle. Like show us the journey. Like, like elevate the comedy of the absurdity of this cartoonishness. I understand exactly what you're saying. It like didn't fully go there. You know? Um, yeah. Because like it looked like for like lack of a better saying here, where it's like they were putting the Kennedy and they're transferring the Kennedy production, the Kennedy Center production. Um, okay, that's fine, do that, but like, right, take it to the next level. Give us Broadway. And 
if we're going to be seeing more of Kennedy Center transfers and on-course transfers here, you really need to step up the Broadway level of what people are expecting. Right? I mean... But then let's go into some cast and standout performances because some of those were what I think really made the show. I have... I have my... Oh, so let's... I mean, I have two... Definitely three. Definitely two. I have three standout performances of my favorite people in this. It was a big cast. Well, I feel like we... Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like we probably... I, I think someone stole the show. And okay. I'm curious to I'm, see I, your thoughts I, on that. I think... I think that's going to Michael Urie yeah. playing Sir Robin. Oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. he completely, he owned the character. It was a great performance. I love Leslie's take on Lady of the Lake. I've seen a million performances of Sarah do Lady of the Lake from you. So I know what she brought. I do feel like Sarah had a little bit more of a diva-ness to her. And Leslie has it. But you know, I think Leslie's still growing into the character. Leslie did it different. Leslie just made it her own thing, which is what you really should do. Don't mimic exactly what Sarah did. And I thought I was amazing. I I just, yeah, Sarah was this diva. And Leslie was a little... But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is when you're a diva, you got to be a diva. So it's whatever take she wants to play on it. I get that. But there's so many divas out there. You kind of like want her to pick one of the famous divas and just and like, stick with just that embody that. Like if she was just doing know? lies the whole time or if she was just doing Celine yeah. the whole time. Right. I see what you're saying. Well, Leslie stood out with me vocally. She really was doing some cool stuff and making it her own. Yeah. I thought Michael Urie's comedy. Yes. Was spot on. I was craving him to be on stage every time he was on. I looked, my eye went to him and another big standout for me was Ethan Slater. Mm-hmm. Like, Ethan yeah. Slater, you're playing, like, eight roles here. The costume changes you're doing backstage, he's really great. And I just was really yeah. blown away by him. Uh, the whole piece was really well done by everyone. I just thought those three were big standouts for me, for sure. Yeah. I feel like I wanted a little bit more from James um, playing King Arthur. I just feel like we saw we saw him play the genie, and it was so out there and over the top. And, I, you know, King Arthur is an interesting character, but, like, I felt like some of the witty comedy he was not fully embodying. Well, it, there, there. there's moments, and Tim Curry did. It was very like, oh, I'm the king. It, he was like in his own world as the king. So he would say like, he would say like, um, I don't know. There was like so many like, oh, where are we going now? You know, and instead, yeah. and James tried to do some of that subtlety. But James is not very subtle with his performances of the past. He's usually so over the top. So it was a different character for him, for sure. Uh, right. you know. And I think we're so used to him being over the top and like we like that from him, even though it can get it, it can become like a lot. It's still something that you like you want from him and you're expecting it. So when you don't get it, you're kind of like, mm. is this a director choice to play the role this way? And what could he have done really to kind of like like he's the diva. Yeah. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't feel like I was getting enough diva from him. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. And then I also think, like, Tara Killen was fine. I thought Chris Fitzgerald yeah. was fine. Nick Walker, Jimmy Spagula. Like, all of them were really funny and fine. But I'm just saying who stood out the most to me? Michael Urie, for sure, with Leslie up there, too. And then yeah. Ethan, those were just the standouts for me. 
And what's going to be interesting right now is like Taryn's only in playing Sarah Lancelot for a few more weeks. And then Alex Brightman comes back to do the role again after he did at the Kennedy Center. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I'm very interesting in seeing some video clips of him playing that because mm-hmm. love him. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. now that he's done with Shark is Broken. Yeah. And, and, so. and then we can kind of dive into a little bit of some of the direction here. We were just talking about this earlier. There is a part of me that feels like, yeah, it was just a restaging two-dimensional stiffer kind of there wasn't anything groundbreaking even entrances and exits were very like left right left right center left right center left right center it just seemed very like you said city center is like concerty it didn't really break any i feel like i feel like this is a cool interesting question for you on what his direction is doing First off, do you think he's faced with any challenges right now with bringing this in back onto the stage um, with the comedy? Has it aged well, et cetera? And also, what would you have done differently with bringing this to the stage? I think when you're talking about heightened comedy, uh, you need to... Okay, I... When you look at something like The Cottage, what really worked in that was that, like, they were able to light a match everywhere in the set, right? The set was so usable and the set was a character. When you look at Noises Off, the set is a character. This is heightened, elevated comedy. The set wasn't a character. The set was like, okay, in a high school production, we need a castle, so we'll just put a castle that doesn't move and there's, like, a walkway up on top and we'll sometimes use the walkway up on top. And I'm like... As a director, I think that could have been more usage of the scenery. And I just thought it would, it just was concerty to me. It seemed like a stiffer, even the choreo seemed one line at the end and always look on the bright side of light. It was like one line, kick, step, kick, step, kick, step. That's very high school. Like, I don't know. And even their playing space was small. So when the full mm-hmm. ensemble was out, like you don't really have a ton of room to work with because you decided to cut the stage in half. So I don't know. It wasn't the worst thing I ever saw. I just thought it was very uh, factory, you know? Yeah. But would you have done something differently? Would I have done something differently? I just think uh, I just would have used more set pieces. I would have have added different levels. I would have used the space more. I'm always about use the space. You have this huge stage. Use it more. Maybe put stuff in the aisles. Maybe pull things down more, maybe open the castle up at the end and reveal this big, large stage. I don't know. I would have done th- things differently like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, 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 uh, but I will say one thing that I think really supports this show overall that keeps its roots is the music. The score is really great. I do really great. love the score. The score is really great. The lyrics are funny and well-written. You know, they have a lot of comedy in them. It's like a lot of stupid humor as well. But I find with this is it takes the story, it elevates the story, it continues the story, but it also has no filler. Mm. So I think it's really nice when you can look look at something and you're saying, why is that? Why is that song in here? And like, I don't get that with this show. I'm more like, oh, I want more music. Mm. That's, and I think that's a good problem to have with a show because it leaves you craving more music. So, yeah, it's super catchy and it's super fun. And 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 then it, you look at it; it kind of becomes like staple musical theater stuff. Some of this score, right? And I think when you take a step back and you look and you say, we say, we asked this earlier in the podcast, why is the show back on Broadway? We'll be right back. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Let's jump back into things. And I say to myself, it's interesting how this kind of came back so quick. Like... Why you wonder like is this Kennedy Center trying to get their feet wet back on Broadway and and using Kennedy Center as a launching pad for shows into New York as an out of town tryout of sorts is that what we're doing maybe is is was this always the goal or was this something like whoa it did so well last year with all these Broadway people in Kennedy Center in DC let's bring it back it is kind of tourist trap esque it is something that will get tourists into the holiday season. Will it last a long time? I don't know. I think it's selling till the spring. We'll see. But my question to you would be, why is this being revived again? And would we see this again? Like, could this close next year and come back in another 10 or 15 years and we do it again? You know? Maybe. It's all about demand. Mm. You know, it's all about demand. And I think when you look at something with Broadway right now, there's certain genres that are in demand on broadway comedy being one of them i know that the actual broadway community doesn't usually reward comedy or like fully invest itself into comedy but broadway fans do when you have the successes of like the producers and spam a lot and shows that we've liked where you see like shucked or something rotten and like they're good and they're funny and people like it and book of mormon i mean hello look at how long book of mormon has been running on broadway there's not enough comedy though on the stage so you look at something and you're like oh there's a demand for it it's the same thing with like children's theater besides disney being on broadway there's nothing else for kids and it doesn't make any sense to me because hello family dollar sign dollar sign to and Juliet is the family show right now. And look at it. It's pulling in a million dollars every week. So it's like when you see these shows, you have to say what's in demand right now. And right now we're getting a lot of like new stuff that's all kind of in the same boat. When you have like the notebook and harmony, the outsiders coming water for elephants. I was like, it's movie after movie after movie. Well, and let me ask. Vo- yeah. I mean, let me ask you this question. Why does the Broadway community, and this is something talked about for years, why are we craving an Aida revival? Why are we craving a chess revival? Why are we craving a Secret Garden revival? Why are we, why did it take us 
50 years to get a funny girl revival. And then we've seen Fiddler four times, Les Mis four times, like what Cabaret four times. It's interesting how the community is like begging and craving certain revivals. And I'm not saying this with any disrespect, but no one really asked for a Spamalot revival. It's not like for years we think, please bring Spam. But then it instantly came back and it's working and it's great and we love it. But I'm just wondering, like, why are we sitting here like, oh, come on, Aida, please. We want Aida back. We want. And for years, we're just going to keep saying, please bring Aida back. But then like, up oh, here's Cabaret. And maybe we'll have Fiddler again. Fiddler's at Paper Mill this year right now. You know, like Fiddler's in the area. Like, I'm just, these are great shows. But if I said to you, Jeff, oh, Jeff, they're doing the fourth, fifth revival of Fiddler next year. Would you be like, okay. You know what I mean? But then when I said, oh, they're bringing Jess back, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Or Cabaret. I don't know. I would be, I would be like, oh, (laughs) because I I want to see Jeff. But then if I said, uh, oh, they're bringing Gypsy back. Okay. I would say who, well, I would say who are they who putting are they, in the right. role? So that's, or like if there's, you know, some shows work so well, but then like, I don't know. It just, Music Man came back. Okay. Oh, wait, Hugh Jackman's on fire. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I just think a lot of it comes down to some shows we get so excited for, some shows we don't. It just depends. But some shows you don't see a revival for so long. And I wonder why. Yeah, but look at Spamalot, though. They're putting this on Broadway again in, in, as a revival with a bunch of names of people that people know. When you have, like, Leslie Kritzer and you have Michael Urie and you have James Monroe and even um, Taryn Killam, it's like, oh, okay. They have to put names. They're not just putting Spamalot on Broadway. They're still putting Spamalot on Broadway with a cast full of people that are going to sell the show. And then let's talk about selling this to kind of wrap this up here with marketing. You, we talk about marketing a lot. I know you love to look at the eye of that. This, this is the exact same logo of the original. They're using the exact same blues and yellows from the original. All of their marketing is essentially the exact same as it was. I don't see much difference at all. Fonts, colors, catch lines, imagery. So when I, is that working or not? When I look at it, I think it's slightly smart. And here's why. I look at it and I say, give them what they know. Give the people what they know. So the marketing was so successful originally with Spamalot. Let's just put it back at them. Because you want to know why? We didn't really change much in the show. It's just a new cast of characters coming to play the roles. Uh, So we don't have to reinvent ourselves for here. And like, look, let's just put the same logo that everyone knows. You know how many people probably don't even think that this is a revival and that Spamalot has been playing for 10 oh, years? Oh, yeah. Do you know how many people <laughs> I talk to that are not theater people and they're like, oh, I really want to go see, um, I really want to go see like Les Mis. I'm like, Les Mis? Like, as, that comes and goes. Like, you, people probably still think Phantom's running for all we know. Like, I don't know. I think people really think like, because Wicked sits forever, Chicago sits forever, and people just assume but, things are sitting there, you know? Right. And I, uh, and it's like a quick topic here of just revival in general. And what I really do think... Uh, th- okay, so th- there's an issue, though, because I think Broadway is so expensive to put up a show. So and if people are going to be putting money behind this, they obviously want to make the money back. But the show, I, I wonder from like a financial aspect of this, does Broadway work? For people, when they create this show, put it on, take it off, put it back on, take it off, put it back on, tour it. And like, does that work? Of course it does, because it recreates demand. 
So there's a recreation of demand. So of, right. it, it, you've closed something, the dust settles, you bring it back with a new cast. And then when people say, oh my gosh, I got to go see it again because so-and-so is doing it. How many community theater productions have we seen of The Music Man and movie after movie and revival after revival? And if this was The Music Man with no stars, okay, but the demand came when stars went in it. Oh, wow, The Music yeah. Man. So that's how theater kind of works in a way, you know? Of it's course, you know. So well. there we are. That's the revival. Oh, my oh. gosh. Wow, we're just about <laughs> running out of time here. Time is flying by. Let's kind of wrap up our thoughts here. Overall uh, thoughts on the Spamalot revival on Broadway, Jeff, go. Overall thoughts and who is this for? I do think that this is for, you know, people that are looking for a good time, comedy lovers. They just, they don't want to think when they go to the theater and they just want to have fun. And I think that this checks the box of giving that kind of escapism for two hours and you go check it out and then you leave and, you, you know, you just feel good. So you look, you're going to laugh. You're going to have fun. We yeah. had fun at the end of the day. We're being very nitpicky here with some of the small things. Cause we always just want things to be better. Right. But I think, uh, this is fun. It is definitely a tourist trap feel. I, we were at the third or fourth show after opening, maybe the second show after opening. We're right there at the beginning of this run. And there seemed to be a ton of tourists there. So I just feel like there's yeah. a lot of out of towners going to see this, but it's for the native New Yorker too. It's fun. You're going to have a good time. You're going to laugh. Go with a friend, go with a family member, and go laugh if you're looking for a good laugh. I think it's funny. We had a good time. Yeah. I uh, just love Make that music. Laugh. Make them laugh. Well, that does wrap up our discussion for this episode today. We do hope you enjoyed our deep dive into Spamalot, the revival on Broadway. Yes, and don't forget, we want to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on Spamalon and any other Broadway or off-Broadway shows you'd like us to discuss. And if you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review. Your feedback helps us bring more Broadway to you. Remember, you can listen to our past episodes. Stay tuned for upcoming ones as well. And until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta for now. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.